Hello Leo friends, I'm Annie Botticelli and welcome to my Leo May 2023 astrology horoscope forecast. One of the themes of this month that I'm highlighting for you is Mars entering your sign. This is a multiple month period of time where you can get your power back and feel like you're back in the driver's seat in your life. So we'll talk about that and lots more. This is for you if Leo is your sun sign, your moon sign, your rising sign, or any other placement of Leo you're watching for. What we're going to talk about here is part of your astrological picture. And for very late degree friends, so birthdays like August 15th through the rest of the sign, or placements like 23 degrees or so through the rest of the sign, I suggest you additionally listen to my Virgo report because very late degree friends will benefit from both the Leo and Virgo readings. All right, so let's start with one of the stars of our show here, which is Mars moving into your sign. You can see at the beginning of the month. Oh, by the way, I'm referring to visuals here. If you're listening to the podcast version of this and you want the visuals, go to Annie Botticelli, my YouTube channel, search for Leo May 2023, and you'll get the visuals. And if you're someone that doesn't like the visuals, you can subscribe to my podcast through Spotify or any other. Uh, you just search for Astro Kisses with Annie Botticelli and listen to the audio version only. All right, so you can see from the beginning of the month, Mars is still in Cancer, but that changes May 20th, and from May 20th through July 10th, you're going to have Mars, the border collie of the Zodiac, as I like to call him, all there for your personal use, restoring your energy, vitality, drive, ambition, focus, creativity, focus on your body, recognition, experimentation with your look, completely transforming yourself, your physical appearance and your physical body. So this is very, very exciting. And we're, we're definitely starting with this. Now, if you are an early degree placement, so if you are like a July born, you're going to start feeling this at that sooner part of the May 20th through July 10th. And the later you are in the sign, you'll still be feeling, all of you will feel this the whole time but you'll get your special contact with your own Leo placement somewhere during this couple of months. And the later you are, the later this will come for you. But again, the entire transit will be full of these opportunities for radiance and recognition and just completely transforming yourself. So like I said, I call, the, the, um, I call Mars the border collie of the Zodiac and it tends to bring a lot of obsessive focus. So there might be some excessive focus on you. Um, this could be through fame. This could be through people noticing or recognizing you. You know, this could be because you've got something going on and you need attention, like something with your health that you're getting worked out or something that you're having other people help you with, or you're just kind of out there showing, strutting your stuff and showing people what you're working with and what you're bringing. On the topic of personal planets in your sign, this period of time in May is heralding a longer period of time from May into October, where you have one of the personal planets in your sign. This is rare that this happens. Okay, so Mars and Leo will happen from May 20th to July 10th. Then June 6th through early October, you're going to get Venus in your sign because... Venus is going to go retrograde. Okay, so here in May, Venus is in Gemini, still super beneficial for you. Then there may be some work being done in your inner space as you're regrouping or prepping some things you're working on as Venus goes to your 12th house. Then early June, 
Venus will get into your sign and be there because of the retrograde until early October. So this is uh, a really, it's a rare thing to have from May through October with one of the personal planets in your sign consistently. So I think this is a very positive thing. There's a lot of revitalization going on, a lot of restoration. When Mars was retrograde, a lot of us sort of felt like things were out of our control, out of our hands. Um, Maybe ambitions waned, but with all of this fire sizzling for such a long period of time for you, you may find that your creativity is really soaring and your readiness to do something important with, you know, what you're, again, what you're bringing, you know, what, what are you known as? What is your craft? What is your offering to the world? What makes you happy? What makes your soul shine bright? All of this is going to be just moving along in wonderful ways. I always call Venus my grandma Marge. Okay. Cause my grandma Marge is one of my Italian grandmothers who would kiss me on the face, tell me how wonderful I was, give me a meatball, She would give me some money, comfort, sustenance, finances, harmony. All of that is representative of this Venusian energy. And so having that energy in your sign for an extended period of time is going to be great. So I'm mentioning it now just because the kickoff party is when Mars gets there because then it starts this stream of this very long time of focus on your sign and the things, the language that you speak, you know, your star language. So hopefully renewed enthusiasm and drive and readiness to get things done will be for a long period of time. Okay, so of course we have a lot more than that going on. Let's look at this grouping of Taurus energy, including Jupiter about to leave going into Taurus for a year. All right, now I guess we should mention before we get into the the Taurus frenzy that Jupiter is still in fellow fire sign for a little while longer and making kisses with your very late degree placements especially. So this is going to be the last few days, you know, August 19th, 20th, 21st, 22nd, 23rd, like around there, you'll be getting your long-awaited Jupiter kisses. And those same very late degree friends are going to be who that eclipse in April, that Aries, new Aries Libra eclipse cycle that's begun, um, you'll also be getting the biggest kisses from that, right? Don't worry, everyone else is not being left out because as I discussed, all of this, you know, focus on your sign is is not going to leave anybody out. And Jupiter is still having its effects in the ninth house, fellow fire house for your international connections, your immigration topics, publishing, teaching, learning, education, languages, international business, So all of you still have a little longer, and the later you are in the sign, actually the longer Jupiter will continue influencing in that arena. So the later you are into Leo, the more you're getting Jupiter blessings in this ninth house, ruling all of those things. Now when Jupiter goes into Taurus and joins all these other planets there, we've got, for those of you who can't see what's going on here, we've got Jupiter, star goddess Astraea, transiting north node, Star goddess Vesta, the sun, Mercury, Uranus, very, very powerful star goddess um, Sedna, which is going to make a monumental sign change here pretty soon. And she, she doesn't change signs well, but every 40 to 50 years or something like that. So that's kind of a big deal. And she's going to move into a sign that is super beneficial for your sign. So that's more good news. Um, star goddess Juno, ruling relationships. 
So we've got all of this energy in Taurus and all of that is activating your 10th house of work, career, employment, your place out in the world. So this er energy of recognition with the Leo things we talked about, coupled with all the energy in your 10th house, can also rule things with your parents or your relationship with authority or you as an authority. There's a lot going on there, but all that Taurus energy is making a square. So you might be finding some pressure in the workspace. Uh, for better or worse, this could mean your business is expanding and you have to do work. Um, or it could mean that you're looking for work or something else is coming up there with a father figure or something like that, or you as a father figure even. All the Taurus energies are seeking to give you more self-sufficiency and financial security. And there will be lots of opportunities for developing that at this time. And the energy changes throughout the month. So the sun will get into Gemini. Venus already starts out the month in Gemini and Mercury will get there eventually. And those, of course, star goddess Juno will get to Gemini and all of that's going to bring a flurry of act social activity, activity or to your teams and groups and large organizations, internet based projects, um, interacting with other people, seeing yourself as part of a team or a tribe and also a lot of writing in there too. You've got writing, speaking, coming from different places in your chart but that's pretty active, expressing yourself in one way or another. One of the most powerful forces that is occurring this month is the eclipse. So let's talk about that a bit. So we have that new eclipse cycle. Listen to my April report to get the lowdown on the um, Aries eclipse, which again is super favorable for Leos. But because I recovered that well there, we're just going to talk about the May 5th eclipse at 14 degrees of Scorpio, which is a lunar eclipse. So here's some context. From the end of 2021 through the end of 2023, we've been working with the Taurus-Scorpio eclipse cycle. We are now in the second to last uh, eclipse part, you know, eclipse manifestation of this cycle. The end of this year, we'll have the last one. So there's a storyline over these couple of years of shuffling around money and autonomy, your stuff versus other people's stuff, your autonomy versus your shared relationships, other people's money and your money, a lot of going back and forth and shuffling around of that energy. And for Leos, that also brings the topic of home versus family. I mean, home and family versus work to you. Okay. So this, this eclipse cycle has been highlighting things going on with your family and things going on with your work, mother, father energies, and that will continue. So look for manifestations along those fronts. For context, remember back to late 2012 through late 2014. Because that is the last time that we had this cycle. And prior to that, this Taurus Scorpio eclipse cycle, then we had it late 2002 through early 2005. So think back to those times and think about the shuffling of energy of individuality and autonomy, individual finances versus shared finances, you know, home versus work, family, parents, all of that. Now, that doesn't mean that things that happened then are going to happen now. Sometimes I get asked that question. Someone will say, that time was terrible. I hope it doesn't repeat. Yeah, there's a good chance it won't repeat because there were astrological factors at play at that time that are not also at play at this time. But this theme of shuffling around energy is definitely happening. And there will be some major goodbyes and endings of chapters. 
closing out of relationships or the way you do relationships or chapters within relationships and the opening up of next chapters. Many Leos may move or um, you know, have very notable real estate or housing things occur from this eclipse. If you want to dive deeper into the eclipses, go to my homepage on YouTube, Annie Botticelli. Go down to the eclipse playlist. Look for the eclipses in Scorpio or 8th house, it will say. Um, and then read about that to get more information about how this can manifest. Because there are very many ways that I did not get into. And also look for eclipses in Cancer or the 4th house. Because that's the house for Leos that this is happening. All eclipse cycles have a chance to clear up a massive amount of karma in a short amount of time. And you might like actually literally feel that. Sometimes you have to go through something in order, you know, to get to the other side. And sometimes it's just a natural, like coming out of a fog, like something unconscious was closed down because you may feel these more internally and not necessarily externally where your relationship to something changes, even if the thing doesn't change itself. So there are very many ways these can be experienced. This eclipse is in a square configuration for Leos. So that could be a pressure point, but Hopefully, if you've been listening to my work a while, you've come to not not stress or worry about pressure points because sometimes those pressure points are the impetus that you need to crack through into a better reality. And it's just, you know, the work that you have to push through like a birth. You know, birthing something is painful sometimes and sometimes, you know, that's how it manifests. But you will be feeling the pressure. It could be good pressure like, yay, you finally bought a house. Now you have to pay for it. <laughs> or yay, you have to go through, you know, all of the drama of paperwork because you're buying a house. Like there's work involved in getting to the dream or getting to the good stuff or something like that. Um, and it is very centered around home and housing. But those of you who are between 9 and 19 degrees, the closer to 14 degrees, the more you'll have a very notable, um, obvious uh, manifestation from this. So that's basically like the last couple of days of July through around 8th, 9th, 10th of August, the closer to around August 4th or so, the more you get the direct connection there. The energy of Scorpio rules birth, death, transformation, and rebirth. And yes, it does happen sometimes that death, literal or figurative, comes from these eclipses. Again, nothing to be afraid of. We can't, these eclipses are things that are non-negotiable. They're things we can't control anyway. So the better we can not be anxious when there's something we can't control and choose non-resistance the best we can, the easier we can handle this and all other challenged, possibly challenged transits. Well, the reason why I mention it is because since you also have Pluto newly, like really, I mean, I guess it's not that new, because, you know, Pluto takes a long time to go around. For the last couple of years, you might have started figuring or feeling this. Pluto bringing karmic energy to your relationship space in a big way. Major relationship endings, major relationship beginnings. All of that's happening at the same time. And sometimes that, that may have resulted in death of people that you know, or death of relationships, or death of chapters, you know, of ways of being. And so the combination of these energies could bring that stronger into your field. So I always say, just try to be right with everybody in your world. Um, and then if the, the worst case scenario, more rare worst case scenario happens, uh, then at least you set something straight. And if that worst case scenario doesn't happen, then your relationships will be forever better because of you investing in them because of the possibility 
Uh, and I've had it happen many times that people I've spoken to, you know, through um, chart readings in the past or, you know, through the horoscopes where I've, I've given that message and someone has said, okay, I went and, and was right in my world and then this happened and now I'm so glad um, that I did that. So maybe that will be helpful to you too. Okay, so now let's talk about Mercury retrograde. Mercury retrograde, we spent half of our lives in Mercury retrograde, you know, including its shadow periods. So this is a very common occurrence, but there are things to know about it to help you make the most of aligning with the natural rhythms instead of working against them. So April 7th, we started to shift into the pre-retrograde shadow period. April 21st, Mercury went retrograde through May 14th or 15th, depending on your time zone. Mercury will go direct. Things tend to be more haywire in the days around, we'll say like May 11th or May 18th. Even though Mercury is, quote, direct, people try to play this game where they're like, oh, I'm waiting for Mercury to be direct to do this thing. And then they do it like the same day, hours after it goes direct. You know, I remember doing that when I first learned about retrogrades and my teacher was explaining it. I'm like, okay, I'll wait to buy all my stuff, Um, you know, that I've been waiting to not make purchases and do all this stuff. And that was an interesting lesson, which I'm now trying to convey to you. The post-retrograde transit, which stretches through May 30th, can have the same energy as the actual retrograde. And if it's in the days right after it goes direct, it's going to be even more chaotic in some ways. So with every day that passes after around May 18th, we start to get into more clarity and, you know, out of that scrambly retrograde energy where appliances and communication go haywire. So some little tidbits here to make the most of this month. Be the spider. You've already woven your web at some other time. Just let the food come to you. Don't go out and try to hunt for things or make them happen or conjure. Stay in the moment. And that's good advice all the time, right? But there are times where we are supposed to do some planning, do some looking into the future, do some strategizing. But at this point, things that were set are going to be confused. Things that were clear may not be. And while the dust is settling, the less you do as far as trying to plan, the more you're going to not have to reconfigure all those things that you did. And if you can avoid planning a bunch of stuff for this period of time, then you'll save a lot of time in the rescheduling process that tends to occur. Watch, do an experiment for yourself. Schedule a bunch of appointments and stuff for May through like the 18th or 19th, (laughs) just for fun. And then look and see how many of those things either get canceled on you, you're late for them, they almost don't happen, they wind up not happening, the other person, you know, you cancel on them, something, all of that is more in more frequency. So if you don't overschedule yourself and you do all your not necessary appointments, you know, your teeth cleaning, and not to say that teeth cleaning is necessary, but it doesn't, ha- you know, you have a little wiggle room is what I'm saying. Try to do those appointments before or after we get into this April 7th through, you know, towards the end of May zone if possible. Now, if you need to do something, just go do it. Don't stress because Mercury's in retrograde. When things come up, you have to deal with them. And that's one of the retrograde things. So that retrogrades tend to pull the, the rug up and all the dust goes flying and whatever is in your face to deal with, you have to deal with it. It's a good time to clear out clutter, leave room for last minute magic, my favorite retrograde manifestation, do research for things you're going to do when the stars are more direct, 
wrap up loose ends, you know, just know that you don't have all the information to make the best long-term decisions and any things you do now may turn out differently or be shorter lived than you think. So if you just kind of allow for that, then when it happens, you won't have to worry. If something happens that you have to deal with, you can make a bridge agreement or something with a lot of flexibility, you know, low stakes things or a lot of flexibility is a good way to honor this time. Then as you get towards the end of May and into the first couple of weeks of June, this is our last, you know, semi-open window for a while because later in June, Venus retrograde pre-shadow period will start and we're going to sink back into, you know, that until a very, very long time, which I'll talk about more in June. And you can search for Annie Botticelli Venus retrograde if you want to get a leg up on what, what, what's going on with that. But for the most part, the end of May, early June is a great time for launches, trips, decisions, agreements, investing, moves that you have say in, anything else that you conjure that you're trying to do, brand new projects, clarity, future planning, pushing and initiating. So you'll feel the tone of the month shift as it goes on. And if you know that ahead of time, then you won't be upset when those things happen. You might be upset, but at least you'll understand what's going on and you'll know that this too shall pass. Okay, so we're in the full-on heat of the eclipse season. Radical changes are occurring. All kinds of factors are at play. Retrograde is bringing up blessings and opportunities and challenges from the past to rework. And we're shifting as the month goes on into more clarity and into a more forward and progressive focus. If you'd like to have a list of the notable aspects of the month and what they may do for you, how you may experiencing that experience them, as well as a write-up of the month ahead delivered to your inbox one month early, go to AnnieHelpsYou.com and sign up for my free email newsletter. If you want extra content like my very detailed Saturn and Pisces report and all kinds of other stuff, go to AnnieBAstrology.com, Annie, the letter B, Astrology.com, and sign up for my exclusive content portal. I've got blog sites here. You can find those, AnnieHelpsYou.com and CozyBySweetStarlight.com. If you like how I teach and you want to learn astrology, either for your own personal purposes or to do it professionally as a part-time or full-time endeavor, I'm your girl. Astrology education is what I focus on. And I love training astrologers to get their astrology wings and fly into success in that realm. So go to BeAstroPro.com, BeAstroPro.com. And you can also go to LumeLife, L-U-M-E-Life.com to see my school where I do have some free classes, including classes on abundance and wellness. I also have some books, which you can search for Annie Botticelli, Planetology, Radical Prayer, and Tough Bill to Swallow, which is my spiritual novel. Haven't been on camera very much lately, but here's a picture of me saying, have a wonderful month and see you next month. Bye.